Welcome back to all of my faithful listeners and a special welcome to those who are hearing this podcast for the first time. I'm Pam Christian, the researcher, writer, producer, and host for this show. And just like that sounds, it's a lot of work each and every week, which is why I played two podcasts twice during the Christmas and New Year holidays so I could take a couple of weeks off. So even though this episode will first post on January the 11th, it's essentially my first show for the new year of 2023. Today, I have guest Michelle May to share a vision she got in January 2021, which has the possibility of being fulfilled with the Brunson lawsuit I shared with you about on my December 16th podcast, where I interviewed Juan O'Saban. If you didn't hear that podcast, you'll find the link in the show notes. And to satisfy my guest, I want to make certain you know that my views about the year of 2023 are not the same as hers. You can learn what she's hearing from the Lord about this year by visiting her website, which is in the show notes. If you've listened before, then you know I dedicate this podcast to exploring current events from a biblical and prophetic worldview, so we, as God's children, know how he wants us to respond. According to much prophecy, trusted intel, and my personal prayer for discerning the times and seasons we're in, I see the year of 2023 as an unprecedented breaker year. We will experience situations and events such as the world has never seen before. Some will be utterly shocking, and some will be incredibly elating. With today's podcast, I'll first give you the background as to why I see this year as being an unprecedented breaker year, and then with my interview of my guest, Michelle from Michelle May Ministries, we'll consider her compelling prophetic vision, which could be a revelation from God specific to the Brunson Brothers lawsuit that the Supreme Court is scheduled to hear on January 6th. Now, I realize you'll hear this podcast after the 6, so I won't be able to address any available news specific to the lawsuit until next week. If you don't know about the lawsuit, I recommend you listen to my podcast where I interviewed a man who goes by the name Juan O. Savin, and he goes by this name in effort to keep his true identity secret. Juan's life work has been to promote and protect our constitutional republic, among other matters. You'll find a direct link in the show notes. The way this lawsuit came before the Supreme Court is another evidence of unprecedented events occurring this year. To explain this year of 2023, I want to go back to the fall of 2019 when I sought the Lord to know what He wanted me to anticipate for the year 2020, which I've shared with my podcast audience before. But in that time of prayer, God very clearly explained He would begin to expose all manner of corruption wherever it exists. So as events unfolded in 2020, which rocked the whole world, I was not caught off guard because of the forewarning. As events continued, I realized we were in for what would turn out to be a three-year exposure of evil. The year 2020, 2021, and 2022 were the years of great exposure. Not that all matters have been revealed, but the sources and the main players for the evil in our midst have been revealed. Now we're in the year of 2023, which I've previously stated I believe will be the year of God's judgment and justice. It will be both great and terrible at the same time. Those who genuinely belong to and serve God will receive reward, and those who don't, receiving judgment. This is not the final judgment of the world, but a remedial judgment and a course correction for all the people of the world. God is putting our spiritual enemies in their place for having tried to accelerate God's timeline, seeking to rush the time into the Great Tribulation. And according to my considerations, and many of the trusted prophets, God is calling us 
his children to wake up and get engaged with what he wants to do in our midst. God is gathering his people to be the ecclesia, the influential governing body upon the world we were supposed to be all along. Now, here's some really fun stuff. In preparing for today's podcast, I did some research specific to the Hebrew calendar, and what I'm about to share, I only recently learned, which fully substantiates my claims I've made previously about what I expect for 2023. And I love it when this happens. You probably know the Jewish New Year occurs in the fall of each year. The year 5780 largely coincides with our year 2020. Of that year, Brandon Dawson from Tribe of Christians explained the Hebrew calendar began the decade of the 80s, which is depicted by the Hebrew letter Pei, P-E-Y, which is a picture of the mouth. This decade emphasizes what we say, speak, decree, and declare. And what was one of the first mandates imposed upon us in that year of 2020? Yeah, the mask mandate, which symbolized muzzling God's people. Brandon explains from the Hebrew expectations for 2020, they expected much testing, trials, tribulation, and the revelation of sin, evil, and corruption, with emphasis on 1 Peter 4.17. Now, if you've listened before, then you know I've often quoted that verse as a caution to Christians and Christian leaders to be reminded judgment begins with the house of the Lord. The year 5781, or 2021 for us, emphasized teeth, or to press, or sharp, both being characteristics of the mouth. With our teeth, we crush or press, and that's a way to extract, reminding us of a wine press. And in consideration of the meaning of sharp, Hebrews 4.12 states, quote, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In this year, according to Hebrew Gematria, we anticipated God's divine revelation prior to judgment. In the year 5782, or 2022, we take note of the number two, which means division. And the year 5782 was the final Shemitah year, or the last of the seven years in the Jewish cycle. This is pictured with a cross, or to mark. The letters for this year are Tav and Bet, which are associated with the first Exodus and Passover. Remember, the Jews marked the doorposts of their homes with the blood of the Lamb, and they were ordered to remain inside until the death angel passed over them. These letters also consider the destruction of the first Jewish temple, which again highlights 1 Peter 4.17. From this, Brandon anticipated 5782, to be the year of the marking of truth as God exposed which churches and which Christian leaders are genuine and which are not, offering opportunity for repentance or find themselves judged. Now, for the year 5783, or 2023, Hebrew Gematria anticipates this to be a year of reward and judgment. Brandon Dawson and Eric Burton both interpret this year to be one of judgment and justice, specifically the year of retribution. Brandon explains 5782 was the conclusion of the seventh holy year, making 5783 the beginning of a new cycle. He explains 5782 was the pinnacle year of marking before God administers his judgment. And this further highlights 1 Peter 4.17. Now, what I share next is what I think but I cannot confidently demonstrate it because even the rabbis differ on which years are Shemitah years. 
But if 5782 was the last seven years of a seven cycles of seven, that means 5782 was the 49th year. And that, of course, means 5783 is the 50th year. And what did the Jews celebrate every 50 years? Jubilee. I'll provide links for you to learn more and decide for yourself. But what if 2023 is a Jubilee year? And something else to think about. I know there are many Christians and Christian leaders who are claiming we are in the last days and Jesus is likely to come very soon. I don't share that point of view, primarily because of Revelation chapter 19, verses 7 to 8, which states, Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory, for the marriage supper of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. End quote. I believe God has been waking his people up to the extent of evil in demonstration of how we have not been the ecclesia he intended. He's giving us a second chance and calling us to know the truth, to apply the truth, to wield the authority and power we have in Christ, to take back the territories we've given up, and to fulfill what Christ instructed us to do, which is to occupy until he returns. Christ is not returning for a whimpering, fearful bride who seeks to be rescued. No, he's returning for a triumphant bride who knows her authority and power in Christ, who has demonstrated her readiness by overcoming Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, by loving not our lives, even unto death. It's going to take some time for the church, the ecclesia, to take back territory and to be the influencing governing body over all the evil in this world. I believe the great harvest of souls the Bible prophesies is upon us. And this year of 2023, God is cleaning house, beginning with his church and recommissioning us to go and make disciples of all nations, according to the great commission recorded in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And lastly, according to Hebrew beliefs, the Messiah must come before the year 6,000. We're in the year 5783, making the year 6,000 about 217 years off. For all these reasons, I don't think Jesus is coming in the next few years, but no one knows for sure, and Christ is coming, and certainly it's much closer today than ever. We must be prepared. We must make ourselves ready, first by getting ourselves right with God, then by obedience, sharing the gospel message, using our mouths in this decade of the pay, making disciples of people of all nations, according to the Great Commission. Then, when Christ returns, he'll find his bride has indeed made herself ready. Remember, this is the decade of the mouth, the pay, where God is expecting us to know, share, and uphold truth. Now, to help us best do what God wants of us in this new year, and this present decade is my guest, Michelle of Michelle May Ministries. Michelle brings godly perspective to earthly circumstances. Discerning the times and seasons is one way she moves in the prophetic. Michelle teaches on discernment, prophecy, hearing God's voice, kingdom identity, healing, spiritual warfare, kingdom authority, prophetic intercession, and deliverance. She began leading weekly prayer and fasting focuses on social media in 2016 and has equipped many people to walk in their divine destiny and purpose. She joins me today to highlight a vision she had in January 2021 that could be fulfilled with the outcome of the Brunson lawsuit. 
and to help us explore the whole matter of partnering with God in seeing his prophetic will accomplished. Here's part one of my interview with Michelle. I am so delighted to have Michelle with me today, the founder of Michelle May Ministries, and for us to be able to discuss what's going on in the world. And I know that there's a lot of logistics, there's a lot of timing, there's a lot going on, and this may come out after there's been a decision on the Brunson case. But you need to have the background to understand how amazing this whole scenario has been. Now, I've already shared with you a little bit about the Brunson case, but I want you to know that I was listening to Juan O'Savin being interviewed by Steve Schultz on the Elijah streams. And he is explaining about the Brunson case. In fact, that's how I first learned about it was from Juan being interviewed on Elijah streams. And during his interview with Steve Schultz, he mentioned a prophetic word he was aware of and that it came from a gal in Buffalo. And I'm listening because I have a friend that lives in Buffalo who's prophetic. And then he says her name. It's Michelle. And I was just elated to know that this prophecy that you gave quite a while ago was gaining traction. It's really amazing. And I want to get into that. But first, I'd like my listeners to know how you got into ministry in the first place. Well, thank you so much for having me on this show, Pam. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you, what you do and your work. But I also appreciate you as my dear friend. And, you know, since I was a little kid, the Lord has always had a very special relationship with me. And so I really started seeing the spirit realm when I was very, very tiny. And I think a lot of people did see in the spirit realm, but over time it kind of fades away. And I feel like we we grow up or maybe we tell people what we're seeing and parents are just saying, oh, that's your imagination, things like that. They don't mean to do that, but they do. So I always felt like I had a call on my life. I grew up Catholic. And then when I was 18, the Lord called me into a Wesleyan church. And the Wesleyan church was where I really learned the word. And I grew in faith there and was always serving in ministry in some way, whether it was, you know, volunteering at church or volunteering for a ministry or even volunteering for a nonprofit that wasn't Christian. And so service has always been kind of an important thing to me. My parents were very servant oriented and are still servant oriented. My mom is always doing things for people. And so I, it was just kind of a culture that I grew up in. And then uh, when I was in my thirties, I felt like there was even more. I went to the pastor who was Wesleyan and I told him about, you know, visions and dreams that I've had and just how sometimes I see things happening before they happen. And he was excellent. He was so gracious to me. And he, you know, it could have been a moment where I could have been completely shut down. And he said to me, you know, those gifts do exist in the body of Christ. They're just not celebrated in this church and in this, you know, denomination. And that was a perfect way really for saying it. And he said, I'll try to find some books that I know of. He gave me a title of a couple of books. And so that was a pivotal time for me to just recognize that there was something else going on there. And then I started to go to my first spirit-filled Pentecostal church in my late 30s. And so that's where I found that this is probably a better fit for me. And uh, it kind of went from there. I've had different careers. And now this is really my fourth thing that I'm doing, which is ministry. Previous to that, I was a teacher. 
Previous to that, I was in corporate America. And then previous to that, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a little while. All right. So I like what you're bringing out here is that there's a lot of people in the body of Christ who have the ability to dream dreams or have visions. And it's important to not let anybody shut you down with that. Because, Michelle, what you've done with the support of this pastor and, of course, having to learn much more on your own is you started your own ministry, Michelle May Ministries, where you put out videos on a regular basis. Can you tell my audience a little bit about that, please? Yes. So the Lord called me into ministry seven years ago, and it was a little bit of a surprise for me. (laughs) But my friend had been telling me, you need a name for your ministry. You need a name for your ministry. And I said, oh, I don't have a ministry. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking about that. (laughs) So then the Lord just laid it out. He made it very plain in July 2015. I want you to start a ministry. And this is what I want it to be about. I want you to release prophecies, but also I want you to teach people how to hear my voice. I want you to teach them about spiritual warfare, about deliverance, about all of the things that I've learned over those some, you know, 40 plus years of of knowing the Lord, serving the Lord. Now it's been even longer than 40. Uh, It's more like, well, I won't say because it makes me seem even older than I am. But anyways, it's been a lot of learning that I have gone through. And the Lord has taught me himself in some cases. And in some cases, it was through trainings or through ministries. And so I love being that I have a teaching background and classroom teaching background. I love, love, love when people learn and when they grow and when they fulfill their destiny. So he said to me, your destiny is releasing truth to empower the destinies of individuals, of cities, of towns, of nations. And uh, I just kind of was dumbfounded, like, how am I going to do that, Lord? And so I put out a lot of teaching, even when I'm doing a prophetic video, it's got teaching in it just because that's who I am. And I like to empower the people who are listening. The season of their person with the microphone is the one that's gifted and no one else is gifted and no one else can do the stuff, so to speak, the ministry. Those days are over. That was not God's blueprint for the kingdom to begin with. As we see in Acts, everyone was doing, everyone was praying for people. Everyone was doing deliverance. Everyone was doing all of the stuff, so to speak. So that's kind of how that hall started. And uh, I went to a prophetic conference. It was a four-day conference. And the gentleman who ran it, there was only about 60 of us there. He saw me hopping around, giving everyone prophecies in their phone, because you can see they're standing there with the phone. So I'm just individually giving people prophecies the entire four days. Well, the fourth day, he said, I love the fact that some of you are so servant oriented and want to give prophecy. And he said, but some of you are being called to give words to nations. And it was like the Holy Spirit, just this fire just fell on me. And I didn't really think of myself like that before that moment. And then, uh, you know, that night I got up, we had changed the clocks and I got up early and my clocks weren't the right. And the Lord gave me a vision and he said, I want you to put this vision on YouTube. And I said, YouTube, me, YouTube, you know, so it's been a process of me just obeying the Lord one step at a time. That's how it's been for me too. I have not aspired to any of the achievements, so to speak, any of the ministry efforts that I've done. The Lord simply deposited in me, and I knew I had to take the next first step. And it's been a wonderful journey. It's been exciting. And by approaching ministry in just simply being obedience to God, we are better assured to remain properly humble. 
And that's essential. Mm-hmm. It's essential for anybody who wants to serve the Lord is to remain humble. I love the fact that you help people develop their own spiritual gifts and to step into the calling that they have, that God has assigned to them. And we need to see more of this. So I really appreciate that that's a big part of your ministry. And I will have the link for my listeners in the show notes so they can actually go to your videos and learn from you. And those who have maybe felt put down or not supported in their spiritual gifts, you'll have an opportunity, you'll have an avenue to begin to seek the Lord further and to grow and learn what God wants you to do. So Michelle, in your obedience, at one point, you had a prophetic word that was given to Juan O'Savin. How did that happen? Well, that's actually a good story. Um, the ChristianRevolution.net, which is an organization that funds good. So they take funding, you know, they take donations and then they fund good. So they kicked off in Buffalo. They felt like the Holy Spirit said, go to Buffalo and kick off the Christian Revolution. So I went to that meeting. It was a kickoff meeting. And the next day they were going to the Bills Stadium. Buffalo Bill Stadium, and they were going to pray. So I went to the kickoff meeting, but I didn't feel like I was supposed to go to that prayer. And the Lord got me up in the morning and said, hurry up, get ready and get down to the Bill Stadium right now. And so I'm running around the house, you know, not really expecting to even go get there just in time, got to meet um, Ohio Brett and Coach Dave, who are the founders. And uh, this gentleman is walking up towards us and he has these cowboy boots on and a cowboy hat. And you don't need to be a prophet to figure out something told me he was not from Buffalo. And so (laughs) he saunters up. And so they had to go immediately very quickly to an interview. And so I started to talk to Juan, not knowing his name or anything. And the Lord, I said, you know, I, the Lord got me up out of bed and said, get down here right now. And I feel like I'm supposed to give you a prophecy. Is that okay with you? And he said, oh yeah, sure. So I told him, to, you know, take his phone out. He took the phone out, gave him a word. And from then we just, you know, ended up talking for about 30 minutes. Well, at the end of the 30 minutes, I knew it was a divine appointment. I felt like I was supposed to keep in touch with him, but I didn't want to do that in a, you know, kind of in your face way. So I just said, you know, if you have an email, if I get another word for you, is that something that I can email you? And he said, oh, I get so much email. Here's my cell phone number. And I said, oh, okay. So I asked him his name and he said his name. And I had no reaction because one of the things that the Lord's been doing with me is this sequestering. So I don't follow a lot of influencers. I I never listen to prophetic words that the Lord doesn't allow me to do that. And so when he said his name, he expected me to have a reaction because he is known, you know, in, in this stream. And I didn't. And so I asked him how to spell his last name. And he just got this big smile on his face. And he said, I knew he was thinking like, now looking back, you know, this woman has no idea who I am, right? So it was kind of funny. And he just, he he knew I was the real deal because of all of those things, you know? So anyways, we kind of loosely kept in touch. And then he was the one that sent me a Brunson interview that, you know, he had done with Lloyd Brunson. And, and then as soon as I listened to it, I sent him, I said, Hey, that's interesting. Cause I had this vision January, 2021. It kind of sounds like the vision I had. And that's kind of how that all happened and how he ended up, you know, mentioning that vision on uh, the Elijah stream show. Okay. So let me provide a little bit of clarity here. I was watching Juan Osaban be interviewed by Stephen Schultz on Elijah streams. 
And he had set up the entire scenario, the background, everything that has to do with the Brunson case, and the potential that this case could mean that on the basis of individuals not honoring their oath, the oath to office, that we could have as many as 358 congressmen and women removed from Congress, that the so-called President Joe Biden, Vice President Harris, and former Vice President Pence also removed on the basis that they did not uphold their oath. It has nothing to do with proving whether or not the election was stolen or was fraudulent, just that they did not investigate whenever there was real question about the election potentially being fraud. They failed to investigate, and therefore, in not acting on that, not potential knowledge of foreign invasion or domestic invasion, they failed to honor their oath to uphold the Constitution. So with that being understood, you heard from Juan, and you then sent him the vision that you had had previous. So he did not know about this vision you had previously about Congress, correct? Yeah, he had no idea. And immediately it came to mind, and the Lord brought it back to mind, because it was from two years ago. Okay, so it was two years ago, so long before the Brunson case ever came to the light of day. So tell us now about that vision, how it happened. Give us as much information as you can. I will also have the link so people can see it as you actually provided it online. But for my audience, can you share about the vision now, please? Yes. Sometimes I am in a vision and sometimes I'm watching it like almost like it's a screen in front of me. This one I was actually in and I was just uh, usually when the Lord gives me words uh, like this, I'm just doing something like the dishes or something, <laughs> something simple. I'm driving, uh, something like that. So I was minding my own business. That's what I call it. And all of a sudden I'm taking into this vision. Now I had worked in Washington for a few years. And so when I lived there, you could go to the gallery. I don't know if that's the case now with all the security, but you could go to the gallery of Congress on either side. The Senate's on one side, the House is on the other. And you can just watch, you know, watch them in session. And, you you know, they're talking and they're debating and whatever they're doing, they're voting. And so I was in the gallery. The Lord took me to the gallery and I'm looking down on the floor of Congress. And I was looking and there were people in seats, but two thirds of the seats were empty. And immediately because I was in it and I was like in the gallery looking down, I heard myself say, where is everybody? And immediately the Lord showed me there was a woman who comes and she sits in a seat and she's a nurse and she's dressed head to toe and like the, the nurse outfit that they used to have in like the 60s, you know, all white. Then there was a teacher, there was a, a woman who had an apple and a ruler in front of her. Then there was a businessman, there was a farmer who was in overalls. And one by one, the whole Congress was being filled by these citizens who were not politicians. And the Lord, because it was, you know, a symbolic vision, he was very obvious to me, you know, like the man with the overalls was the farmer, you know, and with all the symbolism. And I just inquired of the Lord. I said, Lord, was I seeing the Senate or was I seeing the House? Because they're on two separate parts of the Capitol. And he said, you were seeing both. I did see then shuffling papers around. I don't know if I put that in the original vision. But I saw them shuffling papers. And the Lord said to me, my intention is to rid my beloved daughter, America, of corruption. 
and my intention is to restore her to her foundations. And the founders, when they founded the nation, intended for people, everyday people, to come to D.C. for a season, serve their nation, and then go back to their regular life. The intention was not for them to be there for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And so I saw those new people milling around on the floor of Congress, and they were going to pass term limits. Prophecy at its very core is truth, but prophecy is also God's perfect plan. This is, this is what his plan for America is. He hates corruption. It's constantly saying throughout scripture that God hates wickedness. He hates lying. He hates manipulation, corruption, all of that. And so that was what I saw. Now, I told some people, because I always kind of run these things by before I do, you know, release something publicly. And because of that, keep in mind, this was January 2021. We know what happened with January 6th. And so it was a word of wisdom that I was given from someone that said, I don't know if you want to release that right now. And so I waited, but in June, six months later, I just felt the Lord pressing, you have to get that out. I want that to be out. And so that's when I released it publicly. So it's, I don't know, I can't say if this is what the Brunson case will bring about. But as soon as I heard the case, I got out my calculator. I'm calculating how many people are in Congress. I'm calculating how many two thirds of Congress is. And it is right about the number that would be removed from Congress if this case is taken and if the Brunson brothers win this case. My actual interview with Michelle has been broken down into four parts. Part one and two explore the Brunson lawsuit and her vision. When God gives a prophetic word, it is always to reveal his plan. As Michelle will bring out in a future podcast, it's imperative that we do not seek to interpret how God will fulfill the prophecy from our own reasoning and intellect. This is where many people get into trouble. Just consider how the Old Testament Hebrew people's own expectation of how the Messiah would come and what he would do caused many of them to miss his first appearance. Michelle's prophetic vision of two-thirds of Congress missing is certainly of great interest, considering the Brunson case, which is scheduled to be heard on Friday, January 6th. As mentioned, I must pre-record these podcasts, so here's what I know as of January 5th. Not knowing how the Supreme Court will rule, the Brunson brothers seek to continue to grow this grassroots effort and continue the letter-writing campaign to put more pressure on the courts to hear this case and others like it that are bound to be filed. They will follow every available avenue to get this case heard and properly judged. So if you didn't get your letters written by January 6th, don't think it's too late. Use the link in the show notes to see the website and copy this very simple letter, sign it, and send one copy to the Supreme Court and a copy of the same letter to the Brunson brothers. The instructions are on the website and they're very easy to follow. I encourage you to also watch the updates that will be available in the link in the show notes. And before I close, I'm excited to let you know that Clay Clark has invited me to be a speaker at the January Reawaken America Tour Stop in Nashville, Tennessee, the weekend of January 20th. I'm preparing for that now, and for those of you who can't make it, I will post my presentation on the website when I return. 
Additionally, I'll have a link for you in the show notes in the future episodes where you can actually watch the live stream event. And if you think you're able to go, you'll find a discount code that you can use to get your tickets at the event in my show notes too. Next week, I'll continue with the Brunson Brothers lawsuit and we'll learn more from my guest Michelle of Michelle May Ministries about how to partner with God to see his prophetic words manifest. Until then, I ask you to please help others learn about my podcast so they can be encouraged too. Telling others about this podcast is a show of support that I greatly appreciate. You can also be supportive by purchasing goods and services from me and my affiliates. I also ask you to use my affiliate page link to listen to the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase, but to help you, I am researching companies, interviewing their representatives, and providing you with a journal of my own personal experience using their products and services. There's a link to the interviews in the show notes. And when it comes to your health, I want you to know about Infinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get to an optimum and healthy weight. I've been using their products and I especially love their detoxifying products and I really love their Java Boost drink. Check it out. Also, I've proudly been promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, vitamins C and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. Your immune system can be weakened by over 300 different primary immunodeficiency disorders, poor diet, lack of sleep, and adverse reactions to vaccines. I'm personally taking this supplement, and I can tell you I've been around a lot of people with COVID and the flu recently, and I have not been sick. Use the link in my show notes or go to his website and use the promo code FTLB, which stands for Faith to Live By, and receive a 5% coupon discount. If you choose to subscribe, you can receive a 10% discount each and every month. And don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using and I'm encouraging all of my listeners to get involved with. Get your household and healthcare products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or with toxins like the vast majority of our consumer goods brands are in our country. The link for you to learn more is in the show notes. And when it comes to diversifying your income, I want you to meet Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a private advisor helping people protect their assets, especially in these days when the stock market and the valuation of the dollar is of a concern. As one of my affiliates, Kirk offers free consultations to learn about your personal considerations to decide what might be a good strategy for you and your financial goals. Call Kirk at 1-720-605-3900 or contact him and his team online using the link in my show notes. When you do, be sure to tell him you learned about him from me, Pam Christian, with my podcast called Faith to Live By. That way, should you choose to work with Kirk, I'll get a credit for referring you. And don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. The series is also called Faith to Live By. And when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, Use it at checkout and get a 20% discount. When you purchase my own books, products, or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. Shop for yourself or shop to get gifts for friends and family. Your support is greatly appreciated. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. 
Let me know how this podcast has impacted you and what you're doing now in response to the equipping you receive through me. My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you like the content and resource material I bring with this podcast, you'll find much more by connecting with me through social media and my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content, and I'm very active on social media. I can actually cover much more through social media than I can with this weekly podcast, so make a point of connecting with me there. To receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listeners page called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. On that page, I also ask you to help me know more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page. You can also subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. And as a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred customer where you'll receive special announcements and other offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen with my podcasts or social media, I'll have a way to contact you and to make sure you know where to find me. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 